Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, Force users of all ages, and welcome back to our discussion on The Rise of Skywalker. You're listening to Inside the Tauntaun, a Star Wars podcast. Uh, I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Star Wars Inside the Tauntaun, this is our podcast opening song. Alyssa, Daniel, and Dino, talking about Star Wars, like and subscribe. <laughs> Uh, I'll talk first. Um, <laughs> Great. <laughs> so last episode, uh, we talked at length about Palpatine, his role uh, in the movie, then bringing him back, the implications of his return. Were we okay with it? Uh, one question we didn't... I was okay with it. Without, well, thank God for that. <laughs> as long as you're happy. That's here. all that matters. Um, one, one question we didn't ask uh, that kind of has been bothering me since last we spoke was... Uh, when did Palpatine have the time or the energy to uh, date? Oh, yeah, he's got that's... the energy. This is like... <laughs> All the vitality. I, d- I don't like thinking about it. No, Honestly, I don't like thinking about it in any capacity. He's been taking those little Sith blue pills. <laughs> something, something, blue pill. <laughs> um, yeah. But like... Uh yeah. Yeah, he, that's he a definite def- that's a definite hole and I think for a lot of a lot of people was a, Pal- a, a, a a moment of confusion in sort of justifying having Ray be uh related mm-hmm. in that but to that right. lineage. Well and it uh I did a little bit of math. Yeah. Not too much, mind you, but Thank uh, you. a little bit of math. Thank you. Um so if Ray was supposed to be what, nineteen 19- 20 years old, mm-hmm. Force Awakens. Her parents were probably around 25, you know, approaching 30 when they had her. That Palpatine sperm count is approximately... <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Inside the Sperm Bank. A, a podcast oh, no. all about Star Wars fertility. <laughs> uh, he's got aggressive swimmers. Wow. <laughs> Truly. Um, that means he... he uh, did the deed shortly before the Battle of Yavin. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Oh, wait, before the Battle of... We're talking original, Mm -hmm. right before New Hope. Mm -hmm. So he was, like, already, like, So during the events of Rogue One, while while Tarkin and Vader are hunting down the rebels, And he's, he's like, already pretty disfigured and, like, you know... Oh, yeah, he's he's gone full palp. Right. He is cute! Man, Some, I told I mean, you there was someone out there for you, Daniel. <laughs> Never give up. I'm still single. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think like a lot of things in the in the Star Wars universe, you just kind of accept them. I don't accept it. Yeah. Or, or you don't accept them, and then right. you're like kind of huffy about it. You got to fill in but, the blanks. Yeah. You know? you, you, well, and I, I think. What do you I, think happened? Well, I think I think we're going to get answers to that, honestly. Oh, you do? Yeah. That'd you think that's awesome. going to be a Especially with these li- these uh, new lines of comics that are coming mm-hmm. out, all the all the the storytelling that has been done through the books, mm-hmm. and they've kind of delved a little bit into to 
what Palpatine's up to when he's not running the government. Now he's actually uh, he's very hands off on day to day running mm. of the Empire. He kind of has his the hands on when it comes to dating. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. Um, Government official in the streets, Sith in the sheets. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Um, But he has kind of a a, a council who kind of runs the government for him, and he spends a lot of time studying the dark side. He's not interested (laughs) in... The Kama Sutra. (laughs) The Kama Sutra. (laughs) He's not super interested in the levying taxes. It's not his... He's achieved his goal. Right. And now he's just becoming, you know, he's uh, procreating. He's procreating. Yeah. Um, but I'll be interested to see. Like, yeah, what, me too. Uh, they could get kind of dark mm-hmm. with it. I mean, you, you can. You, we won't. Could, we won't. Yeah, we won't, we won't there, touch on it. But you could you imagine, imagine. Mm-hmm. You know what kind of fella he is, and, mm-hmm. and the and, sort of power element there. Right. And there's some implications there. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm curious if you think that. Uh, the the making of Ray was uh, purposeful, in the sense that he was like he needed an heir, or do you think well, uh, he his... was like I'm in love? <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like Ray's his grandchild, so you know. Uh, do, do we know which of? I would assume it's on uh, her father's side. Yes, yeah, no, I think that was confirmed. It was the the father was the son of Palpatine. So so what happened to that relationship? Son of Palpatine! Yeah, that's going to be another sort of, obviously, complicated father-son relationship. Is he force-sensitive? Does it skip a generation? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Was she, was, uh, you know, her mother force-sensitive? You know? Yeah. So I'd be interested to see what happened there, or if Palpatine was even aware he... He sired a son. Yeah. You know, yeah. Might have been like, whoops, could be. Uh, could have been, been a moment, and then. Yeah. So many possibilities, but I, that excites me though to think about that we're going to get answers, because I think that's something that Star Wars has done since since the very beginning. Because, you know, the first movie was written to be, the one movie. Right. And then they've you know, gone back and done done that like wonderful thing of like if this is true then what else is true and if this is true then what else is true and and then just like building the universe from there so i think that since we got that disgusting nugget of information (laughs) in this movie uh yeah they're gonna they're gonna go back and and do that that work for us right and uh create Create a backstory a, that we never a knew. Palpatine love story. The story oh. that we never knew we needed. Yeah. And maybe we don't. Oh, maybe but just maybe in not. time for Valentine's Day 2021. <laughs> it's going to be 20% great. off flower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, wow. I can't wait for that. Me either. Mm. I um, love all Star Wars content. <laughs> Even Palpatine porn. Give well, it to me. So, so riffing off of Palpatine, like, did, were you uh, happy with what Snoke ended up being? That he's... <sighs> we're still not exactly sure. I mean, he's a yeah. series of... of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, don't, I wouldn't call them clones, but... Uh, something Engineered along. beings. Yeah, along yeah, yeah. Because I, the way he was set up in Force Awakens, and again, we touched on the fact that it's pretty apparent they weren't planning on Palpatine being around. Right. Uh, 
they they say they had discussions about it way back when, but it wasn't part of the official they're plan. They're they're filthy liars. <laughs> I w- I'm kind of wondering if if like also Snoke might have been. Uh, I I it wasn't said, but I sort of thought that maybe that he was kind of like a failed experiment, like. That was maybe what he was trying to have his soul be, like, you know, warped yeah. into, mm-hmm. uh, but it just didn't work. Well, somebody suggested, uh, and this is kind of a, a take on the Dark Empire uh, graphic novels from back in the 90s, where Palpatine would insert his soul into these clone bodies, but because mm-hmm. he was so powerful on the dark side, uh, the... The clone bodies would deteriorate. Just a good segue. We were talking about Palpatine inserting himself. <laughs> <laughs> but these 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 clone bodies would deteriorate at a much faster rate because they couldn't sustain the uh, you know his power. <laughs> they couldn't sustain Palpatine. Daniel, get off I'm sorry. My, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, you started geez. this. This is your fault. Oh, well, it's a big part of the movie. <laughs> I bet it Crying is. Whoa! Loud. Think of the children. <laughs> um, so that could be what's happened here. If if Snoke actually kind of is just the Palpatine vessel, yeah, mm-hmm. and the reason you see all these test tubes filled with old Snokes mm-hmm, is that mm-hmm, you know they needed to keep creating them in order to keep up with the demand of. Know, Palpatine's strength. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's. Jeez. I'm sorry. That is, my uh, mind is always is, uh, in the gutter from uh, this uh, entire uh, podcast. So. Um, that's spooky, and I like it. Yeah, it is spooky. Oh, yeah. I, so, I, but no, that makes actually a little more sense. I was, I was trying to figure out like why they would need multiple clones, but yeah, maybe just because they don't last that long, so they need a fresh one every right. couple of years. Right. <laughs> so Let's interesting. Fresh. Yeah. So the fact that Snoke dies is kind of like, meh, it's all right, we got another one. It, well, it, it was a step, it was a foreseen step in Palpatine's plan for, for Ben. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, sure. You, you, you could surmise that it was like... Mm-hmm. That was meant to happen. Yeah. He was like, I want that. And that really Palpatine was responsible for their their force bond. Mm-hmm. Although I do have a question about that because well he seemed like he was surprised well that's the thing he yeah. was surprised yeah. by this dyad yeah. this forced dyad mm-hmm. um, and you probably wouldn't have that connection unless they were you know right dyad, and Snoke Snoke makes a point to say it was I who bridged your minds oh oh yeah to 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 Ray and Kylo in that I moment it's like it was I that. who bridged your minds. Um, yeah, this is the hard thing when you change uh, creative teams so drastically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. certain certain uh, little tidbits of of information and layering get either completely tossed, thrown out, or or they you know find some some minor way of like working them in. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So I, you, you kind of like, I mean, it, it, now that it is canon, mm-hmm. um, do we just assume that, like, you know, Palpatine through Snoke was lying? Or that... I, yeah, it could uh, be. Um, or, or because, I mean, we're just assuming that Snoke is not a, uh, a sentient like being like by a, himself yeah or was he yeah or is he like is he is he a complete puppet of 
Palpatine, or Palpatine. is he just like I like a sentient being that was created by Palpatine who is like under his control, kind of? Well, there's been a suggestion of both. I mean, uh, again, they've released some comics recently where where they kind of delve more into the relationship between Snoke and Kylo while he's training him, and mm-hmm. uh, you get the feeling that Snoke is uh, kind of his own entity. Um, and even, pity. Yes. <laughs> uh, even going back to the origins of the First Order itself, it's kind of interesting that maybe, you know, maybe suggest that Palpatine has been around this whole time because Snoke kind of comes out of nowhere. Uh, the First Order was founded by, you know, a group of Imperial officers who fled after the Civil War, and then Snoke kind of just inserts himself kind of out of nowhere. So he could, I mean, he could just be a puppet. But uh, his relationship with Ben is a little more colorful and nuanced. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it leaves some room for doubt, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so interesting. Yeah. It, it, I have if it weren't for If it weren't for he and Ben's connection, I would, I would just veer on the edge of saying, like, he's a puppet. Yeah. But because, because there's that depth there, I don't know. What do you guys think? Tell us. One, two, three, say it while you're in your car or at the gym. Say it. Just scream. Okay, great. We heard you. Thanks for participating. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, Should we talk about MacGuffins? MacGuffins. MacGuffins. Okay. What's a MacGuffin? So I'll tell you, if you're not a a filmy, Star Wars-y kind of person and you just randomly decided to listen to this <laughs> what, number one we think your um, life choices we, good good job mm-hmm. uh good job first of all um it's only my mother that's <laughs> she's the that's only it. one that's watching listening watching um watching watching, watching us she's, as well she's, she's like i can't see a thing this podcast sucks <laughs> um so uh the term mcguffin was uh sort of popularized by alfred hitchcock who described it as the thing that the characters on the screen worry about, but the audience doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the film of his that kind of like gave way for this whole like theory was uh, called The Military Secrets. And it was a thriller that was released in 1935. And um, it follows a, a, a London man who becomes caught up with a spy ring attempting to steal military secrets from the government. The secrets they're trying to steal are exactly that throughout the film. She just He just, like, asks the audience to, like, go along with, like, right. imagining what the secrets are. This is a but, major um, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it yet. <laughs> um... But uh, George Lucas felt differently about what the definition of that was. And he felt um, like he wanted to create things that were actually um, uh, of real consequence. Um, The first one is R2-D2, obviously, in Mm. A New Hope. And um, because R2 has the the plans to defeat the Death Star. But um, he's also a central character. Right. And then um, the secrets contained um, uh, the secrets he contained directly and specifically determined what happened in the movie, right? Which is like a sort of different thing. So, uh, big Star Wars fans uh, love to look for all of the MacGuffins mm-hmm. that are in the films, 
and uh, some fans hate the MacGuffins. And uh, I still don't know if I completely understand what MacGuffins are. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's 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 like getting from point A to point B. Yeah, getting mm-hmm. from point A to point B, but it's generally, I mean, the like definition of them is that it's usually like an object. Mm-hmm. Like in uh, in Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, yes, the the, um, the idol at the beginning, yeah, oh, the, like sure. the the covenant or whatever, and then the Ark of the Covenant, and right. um, so, and then like in Monty Python and the Holy Grail, it's the Grail, sure, yeah. You know? So it's like the, it's the thing that's really... like it's the thing that's like propelling the action them on the journey from yes. from happening, right, right. But nobody really cares about that. They care about the journey. The object itself, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Sure. Yeah, but there, mean, are, there are a lot of people who have strong feelings on this and people who are like, focus, please, for the love of God, like focus less on the MacGuffins well, and more on just the actual d- stuff that's happening within the, right. within the character and the hero journey. MacGuffins is also a delicious cereal. <laughs> 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 yes. But that was kind of the brought to you by Kellogg's. That was kind of one of the biggest complaints of you know people had about Rise of Skywalker is that it was a movie chock full of MacGuffins and not much and not else much other plot in between. And, yeah, um, similar similar uh, to the Last Jedi mm-hmm. in, in that respect. I mean, I yeah. think like Rose and Finn the, the like side quest. going on Canto bike the, the the strange journey that they went on for three-fourths of the film yeah um to so find the code break but yeah the ultimately uh the rise of skywalker has like four main MacGuffins that all like connect mm. with each other Tell which is like what they are which is like kind of cool but also at the uh, on the same end of the stick or same token or whatever what have you uh damn that, that's not really why we're watching <laughs> The movies. No, it, I think it's just, I think it's become like a fun like extra thing for fans to look for when watching the film. Sure. Well, and I would mentioned it in our our first conversation. Uh, there's there's two kinds of ambiguity. There's the kind that leaves the audience asking meaningful questions, mm-hmm. allows you to kind of play a cool fill in the blank, allow your imagination to run, and that's what the original films. Correct. were so wonderful at is that you had so many questions about the the galaxy as a whole outside of the 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 context of just these oh, oh ding Juno's very popular he's getting attacked it's all your fan mail oh my gosh ding ding um clang clang so, clang with the trail yeah oh. the the sort of sequence of MacGuffins in in Rise of Skywalker are uh, number one the Sith dagger mm-hmm. oh right yes that will help find a Number two, Wayfinder, mm-hmm. that will help get to three, Exegol. Right. That will enable the heroes to blow up the four tower and save the galaxy. So those are like, the, that's the big, those but are the... That's the thing. So like there's the ambiguity where you have, uh, you know, meaningful questions. Then there's the ambiguity where it's like, uh, we should have known that. But yeah. But we yeah, never sure. really got out. Sure. And that's and that and that I think is so much with uh, with the direction of these films Mm -hmm. because the the sort of secrets or the things that we're not hearing or seeing from characters uh, that that's all in in the direction of a film right so uh, a lot of people um, criticize 
Last Jedi for that, for that like whole storyline, right. because it's like, okay, well, we could have had some more urgency underneath that, that whole entire quest. Yeah, maybe, like, yeah, maybe not. Like, like hunting for the code breaker, but then, but then kind of shoehorning in a commentary uh-huh, about uh-huh, uh-huh. all the, uh, well, all the wealth like, gap and the politics and yeah, which is not social scene. unimportant, but it felt just so extra. Well, yeah, I mean, it. Uh, yeah. Well, she and kind the, of shoehorned. And, yeah. I'm, well, I, and the idea of putting multiple MacGuffins in one film is something, something new as well. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. like George Lucas liked, and and like the old filmmakers and stuff, like they like to have the one thing that was like, oh, that's super great. Like I love right. that R two D two is that for A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and then he becomes like this lovable character right. that we like also root for. Even though, really, like, his purpose in the film was to, that he had the plans for the Death Star. Right. So, he is um, the new hope. There, he is it. <laughs> um, I read this article um, that this guy called Frederick Ryberson or Reberson? Friedrich. Friedrich. Um, and he had some really cool things to say, but um, I really liked this part, and I want to know what you guys think about it. So tell you. I'm so excited. So he says, uh, we have a flawed hero who is willing to suffer in order to grow and do the right thing. Luke does not waste his time chasing MacGuffins. <laughs> he has he has one and wants to protect it, and then wants to grow in power to take on more responsibility. Maybe that is an inspiration to all of us: grow, become more responsible, be willing to pay the price, lose our fears. And how do we know what our goal is? Maybe a start is checking whether any of our goals are MacGuffins or <laughs> actually feel important in our lives. Ooh, that's So I kind of like that because that's, you know, getting to the meat of like Search why. Search for the MacGuffins in your life, everybody. Yeah, if, if like, if it's like mostly MacGuffins going on, like, You're missing the bigger picture. You're missing man. the bigger picture, yeah. which is like the actual journey. Has my whole life been a MacGuffin? <laughs> Well, Uh-oh. well, think about it. We're actors, so oh my yeah. God. what are our our milestones? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, could be booking a, a role in a theater production be a MacGuffin when your Is mind it? should be on, you know, booking a very specific project when your mind should be on, uh, you know, kind of the totality of your your art making. Mm-hmm. Is is a paycheck a MacGuffin? Yeah. Oh, totally. Could, yeah. Totally could if be. Working okay. paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So it's an interesting thing. And well, you um, know, I, I was going to say that, like, with the Canto Bite business, mm-hmm. like, uh, I think that in a sense, a lot of the times, maybe MacGuffins are, you know, just a, a vehicle to get the, the movie's theme across. Sure. And, like, for that movie, there were, uh, you know, multiple MacGuffins, but, like, that one in particular, um, well, I think all of them were kind of trying to drive that theme home of uh, failures sure. teach us, sure. you know, to be better, I guess. Yeah. I think the problem with just the copious amounts of them in this mm-hmm. film was yes. that... I'm thinking specifically of the dagger. Yes. The mm-hmm. Sith dagger yeah. that was used to kill her parents and... Uh, and it had imbued in it or on you know uh included in it a basically a map to where on the on the wreckage of the death star Mm -hmm. right 
is the room in which the second wayfinder can be found. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I am totally for suspension of disbelief. Sure. To a point. Sure. But at that point in the movie where she just holds it up and yeah, it just, finds it the felt, exact spot. It felt a little... I was like, this is, a, this is wild. It, yeah. It felt... Goonies never say die. <laughs> Pointing to a room that does not actually exist or it didn't uh-huh, prior uh-huh. to. Right. Oh, well, you know, he used the dark side yeah. to okay. shield us You're right. from forgot. seeing it. I forgot. You're right. Remember that conversation? Yes. Oh, no, God. Um, yeah. Well, and the, and the fact that, too, it's like one thing leads to another thing leads to another well, thing. Answer, it's just like. The answers were so convenient mm-hmm. that it was just. And, the, and that's okay because, that I mean, that. That is like Star Wars. Well, that's, again. I mean, that's, 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 that's yeah, that's fun movies in general. It's like you could you could point that out in a lot of movies we enjoy, but at, but I think as that, long as I think that, 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 but that's like really honestly, the MacGuffins don't have to be interesting as long as the journey to get to them is correct. great. Right. Really, and, 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 and like you, but then like, you but brought then up, like Monty Python, like <laughs> right. The, it, the the journey to the Grail. Mm-hmm is the best part. Totally. Yeah. And I think if people, I, I'm, unless it's R2-D2, because I think I love R2. I do too. But, um, yeah, gen- generally speaking, um, Rise of Sky, generally, Leia Organa speaking? Ge- general Organa speaking. Um, I, I don't know that, like, we needed that many things. We certainly didn't. And, and I don't know, and I don't think not I don't know. I don't think that they served the journey of the film. So, yeah. So that interesting. Yeah, those Very are Maca- those are Maca- those are MacGuffins. I love MacGuffin cereal. It's delicious <laughs> and well, nutritious. So, kind of diving into, I don't know. I think the thing that has kind of struck me in the in the month since we saw it. Where did it strike you? Everywhere. Right in the MacGuffin. <laughs> right in the MacGuffin. Uh, uh, w- there was no real discussion of Luke's legacy. Yeah. Which was such uh, the selling point of the end of The Last Jedi is that Luke finally mm-hmm. plays his part uh, in this miraculous display that ends up killing him. So, you know, mm-hmm. killing him. Uh, and this is the... the the end to the Skywalker saga. That's right. how they're sort of like uh, marketing but it. But the Battle of Krayt, he shows up and, right. and it's immense display. Uh, and it was always curious to me that the Resistance, they put out the call, they heard it, the mm-hmm. people on the other end heard it, but no one came. Mm. But when they show up at the end of, with this giant fleet of, it was confirmed, 14,000 ships at the, the end of no, the big end deal. Of Rise of Skywalker... It's like glad you're here. They needed where why were you? Are, well, where why were now? you and why? They needed Lando. Yeah. That's what it was. Lando <laughs> is very persuasive, and that may be. But the whole point of them showing up is that they gained the courage. They, you know, they saw Kylo Ren could bleed. They saw the rise of, or uh, the First Order could bleed mm-hmm. because of what Luke uh, attempted, and there was not even so much as a line saying, you know. You know, indicating that Skywalker was the influence that yeah that pushed this galaxy wide rebellion. So that now I think that Lando literally walked up to every one of those fourteen thousand people and just said, "Hello, what have we here?" 
And they were like, okay, I'll take that explanation. <laughs> oh, justification, Judy, mm-hmm. over here. Um, um, I'm here for you. Yeah, no, that would have been that would have been really cool. It would have been, and cool. I think it would have been really special to to the legacy of Luke. It just felt like he was kind of forgotten in his own it story. Felt like that. And and not that I, the, I was surprised at how how little he was utilized. The story yeah. it, it is no longer about him, and I accept that. Totally. It's, sure. it's totally. Ray's story, but the role he plays in it was Pivotal. Not what I. It's pivotal, but not what I. You know, maybe. But it was they, short. Maybe they chased one less MacGuffin and. Yeah. And and spent more time with that. Right. Yeah, because like she was like because it, it 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 was interesting because like I think if if the movie was two movies, <laughs> we might have had a little more time because I think it would have been cool to see her kind of like almost go because that's what it was sort of seeming like what was going to happen is that she was going to sort of become like Luke Skywalker and become a recluse and just, you know, forget about the force. And, uh, but then he was there to immediately snap out of it, you know? And yeah, I, I, I think that if they spend a little more time with that, it might've been a little more meaningful. Well, and there, there were of course some logic leaps, even in that scene where Mm -hmm. he pulls the Yoda and, you know, raises the X wing out of the water. Right. Then it works. Yeah. Sure. Sure. So he I mean, just like the force, the just force like it did can do Empire. a lot of things. I mean, I would assume Rafe fixed it like Luke did in Empire, but well, and right you know, she is left, a very but... talented engineer, apparently. So, <laughs> well, yeah, we, we got that in the Force Awakens, you know, because she goes around picking for, for right scavenging, mm-hmm. scavenging. Mm-hmm. She's she's got parts probably just in her purse, you know, <laughs> ready to go. Why does she have a purse? It's more like a so size. It's, it's a spiritual purse. It's more like a handbag. <laughs> it's more like a side it's strap, your, like a lap sack. <laughs> a sensible clutch. <laughs> so I don't know. I wish, I wish Luke had cast more of a shadow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that would have been special. Mm-hmm. I would have liked that a lot. And are we? Uh, what was I thinking? Um, are we dead? Are we dead? Are we dead? No, this is real. This is oh my god, this is happening still? Wow. Hello there. Well, hello there. <laughs> um, another aspect that has bothered me throughout the sequel movies is uh, Hux. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love Dom Gleason. Great actor. If there, there's a but. The First Order, they are... They're fascists, yeah. and like they're supposed. These are supposed to be the most radical of of the people who were left over from the empire, who are going to remake it into this leaner, meaner version of the empire mm-hmm. without the bureaucracy. These are just scary people, mm-hmm. and this kind of started happening in in Last Jedi, where he became kind of a comic book cartoon. Right, he did, and he became like a punchline it was a punchline yeah. for for kylo's rage uh-huh. kind of stomping his feet not getting his way which it, it's an interesting uh approach to take because he he is still a young man and he comes again this is touched on in uh kind of the expanded novels yeah, he's the son of uh brendel hux who was uh basically the head of the Imperial Training Academy. Mm. 
uh, and was also responsible for the First Order's child soldier program. Mm-hmm. So he's, the kid's screwed up. Yeah, yeah uh, totally. And he's, and he's, he's the son, and he's probably maybe not super qualified, well, you know, he, so he's probably he's overcompensating really hardcore. Yeah. Yeah, he's really uh-huh. insecure, which it, uh, uh, which is a, a new flavor for your imperial, your standard imperial. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't care about him being a turncoat and then it was like, ah, I didn't get my way, so... It felt to me... It was abrupt, for sure. <laughs> yeah. It felt to me like it was something that that they, like, knew audiences were responding to. Yeah. And so then they just, like, kept going with it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he could have gone... He could have been written a very different way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I guess... Um, so you would have rather have seen him... Like just go well, balls deep. And less, like... less of a punchline and more of a a frightening a frightening figure with those crippling insecurities. Sure. Yeah, that's uh-huh. more that's more interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And he he's in the grand scheme of things, he's not a vital piece of the puzzle. But I remember yeah. on my rewatch, I was, you know, this is a like guy. A missed opportunity. This is a guy who's trying to be like a Tarkin. He's trying to mm-hmm. be a wield this immense power, tr- right. trying to usurp Kylo Ren as the head of the first order but he has limitations and he he and kylo are both aware of them and it would have been cool to maybe mine into that a little more but his brand of humor not the comedy itself but that that particular brand that they kind of slapped on him felt out of place as far as like star wars humor goes mm-hmm. yeah interesting i think it felt for me, it felt out of place with him, yeah. given who he is and like what the background is. Like that sort of like, like, sort of, he, that like, sort of like, like he was almost in another movie. Than yeah, else, it, it was kinda. just yeah. It felt it felt put on. It didn't feel intentional. Well, I, I think guess. back to that that first scene of the Last Jedi where where Poe is attacking uh, the dreadnought that they bring in to blow up the planet or to blow up the base resistance base and poe is basically on a phone call with with hux mm-hmm. and makes fun of his mother and stuff and right it's like it was funny in the moment but I, yeah i i don't know if that uh i know what ryan johnson was doing he's kind of turning it on its head it's like this isn't mm-hmm. so serious and, yeah right but that kind of set the tone for kind of sil- uh, sequel trilogy kind of throughout the sequel trilogy where it's just or at least these last two movies, where there's just some comedy bits that are out, things, just things in general that kind of feel out of place. Sure. To what we know and love. And it's interesting, because I I, I look back on the the old trilogy, and, you know, that was just like a a whimsical adventure that was, uh, you know, that I think was a little... You know, it's it, it some farce, farcical in some ways, I guess, because it was just so over the top and crazy. But then, like the 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 prequel trilogy, then like took itself way too seriously. 
Um, I mean, much to but, its detriment. Like, yeah, yeah, because totally. but then like when they did have like touches of comedy in there, it 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 like yeah, Jar Jar rubbed adults the wrong way. I right, mean, I think and and the and the you know the droids like having their little like wisecracks and stuff like that was just like it was, didn't it didn't fit because it felt like it was in a different movie because like the rest of the movie was. was completely yeah, was. like super ultra serious. We're talking about politics. This is not funny. And then all of a sudden you have this like wow we we um. So I think maybe in that sense, I, I, I think I can understand, like, so with this new trilogy, um, it, it, at some parts it feels like it's taking itself super serious. Well, and, uh, I mean, it's interesting you bring up that point because when I watch the prequels now, something still just will forever bother me. But, Not work. <laughs> but it, those things feel less out of place now. So I'm thinking maybe, you know, when we watch... Last Jedi: Rise of Skywalker with new eyes, ten to fifteen years from now, maybe, maybe then it be, that just becomes the reality of Star Wars. Our it's like, we'll accept that, that is now a part of yeah, Star Wars. Could be, and it's just broadening our, yeah, our palette. Well, so much of so much of just just film in general is being able to very neatly have the tone. Yep. match mm-hmm. even if even if there are you know other jokes that live within it or um darker stuff sort of more serious stuff if it all is in this sort of like similar of a tone bubble like we're i think we're generally like yeah we're here for it but yeah. uh and that probably has a lot to do i think with what you were saying before about having a uh, different different creative team different creative team throughout yeah that's exactly it um, yeah because they even... just they have their diff- obviously they're different human beings they have different ideas of everything yeah well <laughs> what, then... what what sort of umbrella that that specific movie lives under and like uh you know i think the empire has a like a much different vibe right than... at the tone i mean that's exactly right at the time people are like this is dark Ooh, like this is... the the happy-go-lucky new hope our merry band of rebels i mean yeah. they're getting effed up uh-huh. yep, we're losing, we're from, from body parts now from what? start to end yeah i mean it's just kind of one loss after another yeah um and then we got back to awoks and fun time and that's right <laughs> to a degree jokes and... uh, they, they inserted that definitely to counterbalance empire but then and the but last then 20 minutes of that movie are like whoa, whoa. yeah yeah, yeah. But it's the same thing like Ewoks and, and Jar Jar. Mm-hmm. It's like a lot of people are like, whoa, those don't those don't fit here. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, some people absolutely love them. Same yeah. thing with Jar Jar. Like as a kid, like I didn't think Jar Jar was annoying at all. No, he was no. I, he was developed I, he was, for kids. George Lucas said right. that out yeah. loud and we refused and, and, to listen to him. <laughs> well, and, and, yeah, I think part of it too is that like, uh, you know, we were kids when the original trilogy came out, and uh, and then we were still you know kids ish when the um, when the newer the prequels came out, and I think that since we've like grown up with Star Wars, that we kind of expect Star Wars to grow up with us, but like it's yeah. it's still really meant for families. And well, it's totally meant, it's, it's a children's fairy tale. Totally, uh, those are from George Lucas's lips. Yeah. It is a fairy tale. He said that he said these things um <laughs> but star wars and and maybe that's why i'm reading a little too much into it right now or, or letting things bother me that maybe shouldn't because i'm not looking at it through the prism of you to cry about it you to cry <laughs> <laughs> um but star wars reinvents itself for each new generation everybody i think it was uh yeah john favreau and dave filoni had said this during the 
making a Mandalorian that there are so many different flavors of Star Wars and everyone has strawberry, <laughs> lemon, MacGuffin, MacGuffin. Oh my god! That's, what do you think it tastes like? Is that like wheat? <laughs> is, it a, is it a wheat cereal or like a bland, corn cereal? Predictable. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, just like a cornflake. Just like a flax cracker. Yeah, it's a flax cracker. <laughs> That's all life is, moving from one flax cracker to another. <laughs> Whoa, this got depressing. But, but everybody has uh, a different way they consume Star Wars. Totally, and, uh, totally. We're kind of coming out of... Uh, well, since the sequel trilogy began, you know, the, the kind of generation before us was the Clone Wars generation, mm-hmm. where the Star Wars, they... Uh, you know, took in what was the animated Clone Wars series. And right. That that's why they love Ahsoka Tano and mm-hmm. uh, these these characters that initially adults like us were like, not meh. me not me personally were like yeah. who, oh, who is what, this who, who is yeah. what is this little pet project these people are not important. Those movies have single handedly saved the prequel or I'm uh, sorry that that series has single handedly saved the prequel. I, I I was just you know it's funny because I I was mentioning the. Um, the droids, yeah, I, yeah. they're they're funny now. <laughs> I guess I'm watching yeah. the Wars right now, and I'm like, mm-hmm. that's. I, funny. I don't know why we accept it more. Maybe uh, it's because it's a cartoon. I don't. Yeah, know, we're, but... it's just that the lens through which we view it. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Uh, but they seem like they're more almost more sentient yeah. than they were. In so the I'd original. be curious, like twenty years from now, to sit down with somebody who was eight or nine years old seeing The Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker in mm-hmm. theaters, and that being. Kind their of their first. Well, I can tell yeah. you, my nephews are obsessed. They, they light up about it. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is awesome. Which is just, just awesome. Yeah, that's how we yeah. felt. Yeah. And so, Force Awakens was their favorite, allegedly. I think I think that was all our favorite. Mean, yeah. The anticipation for, for that was mm-hmm. unbearable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, that was so thrilling. That was so thrilling as as an adult to be in the theater as well and to yeah. have the, the the main title and like the opening credits and start and have the whole entire the, theater erupting yeah, yeah. every memory to, you ever had just floats yeah. back into your which is so uh, <laughs> incredible special. and special that it is such a an important thing to so many people what a time to be alive totally i know it really is a golden age it feels like i know it feels like because a very vocal minority just uh is already tired of Kathleen Kennedy and the idea of Disney, but we're we're very much in a golden age of of Star Wars in that we have so much of it to consume in so many different mediums. Content, absolutely. Daniel's favorite word. And because and because content. there's so much of it, and we we chatted about this last episode or two episodes ago. Yeah, um, I think it was twelve episodes 12. ago. We've already done twelve. <laughs> um, just that because there because there is so much there are going to be good movies with like kind of lame parts yeah and there's going to be lame movies with kind of good with really yeah. good parts Certainly. and 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 for me like i don't care because it's still no. it's still it, to me i'm like we're so lucky that we get to be in a time where there is so much being created if you're somebody who left the theater just hating rise of skywalker you could go home right now and turn on uh, the Mandalorian. Absolutely, on and have yeah. that be amazing. Or, or for crack you. open or, the comics that. Yeah. That uh. Read any of the the canon books. Yeah. And, like yeah. 
totally. Um, so that's that's amazing. Do do you have any other amazing. do you have any other words about about the rise of Skywalker? The rose. R O S Skywalker. Uh, I would suppose ranking it mm. in uh, and ranking it. <laughs> sorry, there was that, musical that theater wasn't joke. even a good one. <laughs> That's a really terrible musical theater joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> My God. <laughs> <laughs> but you laughed. Um, you liked it. I it, loved. It has a 52 percent on Rotten Tomatoes right yeah. now. What does? Rise, Rise of Skywalker. Skywalker. Oh, my is, God. Which is the lowest uh, in the entire trilogy, if you're mm-hmm. not counting the Clone Wars film, mm-hmm. which we're not. We're not. We're not. Um, we're, we're not, not counting it. All right. Do you think it deserves that designation? And keep in mind, they also have a revamped like fan ranking system on there, or audience member, that you have to prove you Saw actually bought a ticket. Mm-hmm. And, so I, and it has an 86%. Oh, that's good. Okay, so the audience, the audience, audience generally liked it. Yeah. Do you I think that is a fifty-two percent movie? I think as a as a as a reviewer, I get it. You know, well because they don't they don't review them in correlation with any of the other films. No, yeah. So it's just them doing it. It's as a, a positive or negative a standalone about it. film. Yeah, it's and, just an aggregate of positive and, and negative. And of course, films. the end of the entire saga is not going to be a standalone film. No. I just I just don't think no. I don't think there's any way. Well, I mean that no that, that being said though, um uh it, you know, Return of the King was yeah. an incredible film and that was the last of, you know, the series and But it couldn't have come without the other two. True, it wouldn't have had the same the same emotional have the same effect impact. for sure, yeah. but I mean, but even as a standalone film by itself, yes. like it, it's Well, I think of Well, I put I mean, I think Return of the King it's uh, amazing on its own, but it it definitely it could not be a good movie without the other two. I think of Avengers Endgame, which came out this year, which is quite literally a best a greatest hits mashup. Totally, totally. Everything it, it, that came before the mega mix. But it's one. Of, it's it's maybe the greatest superhero movie of all time. Yeah, but and, it doesn't mean anything without right all the other all films. the other things. Right, so I, it so, has to know, be actually, judged in relation to the others. Because yeah. I I I feel like I have I do have a friend that has. That like jumped into Marvel, like which I'm like, how is that possible? And has only mm-hmm. seen only seen Endgame. The yeah, I think or the the last two films, or like, Infinity War. Yeah, Infinity I mean War they're they're well acted and they're fun to watch. Sure, but they're I don't, still I don't fun, know how you but could you have. wouldn't. You definitely would have the same emotional impact for it sure. It just wouldn't mean anything. But when you have so... 22 movies and all these relationships that have come and gone, and then they all come to the forefront at once, I mean, it is completely and utterly reliant on everything that came mm-hmm. before. Yeah. That being said, so w- why was Rise of Skywalker given a fifty-two in the first place? And I think do you think it deserves that? I don't think it deserves that. I don't think it deserves that. And I, mean, I keep in mind lower than Phantom Menace. Yeah. No, point. I don't. Obviously, I don't. Yeah, and, I, I don't think it deserves lower than Phantom Menace. Um, I I think that I understand why reviewers rated it as a, well because again it's 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 not rated like like you know everybody gave it as an, an average of 52 percent like it's always like either they liked it or they didn't right and there's so, not not a ton of room for nuance yeah so 52 yeah. percent of the people didn't like it or you know or they no sorry 52 percent liked it and then the other percent didn't yeah uh and 
Yeah. So I, I, I and I think that even and, and also they could be like, no, I liked it. It just it was disappointing. You know what I yeah. mean? And that could still be considered a negative review. Sure. You know? Which is I mean I don't know if that's kind of the camp I'm in. It's yeah. like uh, I liked. I liked the resolve for Ray, mm-hmm. who is the most important thing anyway. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as a movie, I was kind of disappointed, but I don't know if that puts me in the positive or negative category of... Well, yeah, and I think that maybe that's why the Rotten Tomatoes score could that, also be that very confused. Yeah. I think well, is. that that raises the broader question of, are we putting way too much weight on Rotten Tomatoes? Because look, uh, look, at, look yeah. at what happened with Last Jedi. It's uh-huh. where critics gave it 94, I think right. it has now. And it was and like the audience was 40, like 40. Free. Yeah. Yeah. Hated so, it. Yeah. So I don't think it deserves that score, but also I've never, I've never been a big, big old huge Rotten Tomatoes. Person. I mean, I got to tell you though, like I, this is like, I'm, I'm, we're not sponsored by Rotten Tomatoes. No, by not way. At all. But I was going to say that like, I've, I've tried to go against the grain with Rotten Tomatoes like numerous times. And I think uh, if it's below like 65%, and I'm not in, like super interested in the subject matter. I will hate the film. Yeah, I've 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 started, especially if uh, I don't see a movie on opening night. I try not to look. This is a recent development. I try not to look at the score before oh, yeah. I see it because I yeah I don't, don't want your I don't I want have your to. movie tickets no. are like four million dollars now. But, but <laughs> I can't waste twenty dollars. I don't know. I've on kind a of movie developed. That's make me like, you need to get the AMC membership. Oh, I know you're right. Oh my God! Also, not our sponsor. Not sponsored no. at all. But but my, I don't have it either. <laughs> Although, but, if you want to give me a free membership, but you're my totally sister has it, to. and it's like thirty dollars a month, and you can see a movie every single day. Oh my God! What am I doing here for? I'm like <laughs> so. Anyways, buy I don't that. know. I don't think the Rotten Tomatoes score is as valuable anymore because I don't know. I've I've kind of learned to prejudge movies myself, mm-hmm. and that's like. I could tell you by the trailer, not always, but I could tell you by the trailer if that's falling under sixty percent. Yeah, generally. Oof, it's 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 hard those those some of those trailers they really get you. Well, there's some <laughs> great there's some great mark yeah. Yeah. Although smart, I, I smart smart editing smart trailer peeps. I think trailers though now need to be refreshed again because a lot of the stop people stop telling are... us what happens. Oh yeah, god, there's too, there's too much. In well, the yes, that's a whole other that episode, for sure. honestly. But also, uh, but also because um, they're using a lot of the same tactics. Like uh, I, I'm seeing the same the same thing over and over again. Like the yeah, with the, the, the Hans Zimmer drum in the back, you know, e- kind of that, <laughs> yes. that droning music, or the 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 slow version of like an old song, like sung in a whispery tone. I see skies. Blue. As someone's getting like murdered. Clouds away. Why is it always that Next song? Summer. Honestly, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But what they... a wonderful prepared to die. Yeah, it's like really spooky, <laughs> and you're like, okay, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, it is always. Wow, this is a moody, wow. a moody this movie. Is a moody. Oh, it's gonna be so spooky. What a wonderful world, but not. <laughs> yeah, something's gonna um, be. Some... So I, th- I don't know. I think the moral of the story is maybe don't let uh, societal expectations. For sure, dictate. Uh, dictate what that movie experience will be like. Yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. And if it's and if it's not the one for you, just like you said, you know, there's don't, so much don't, Star Wars. Don't give We're up so on, uh, on on the Star Wars stories because there's Rebels is amazing, Clone Wars. I'm so excited to start oh Clone Wars. Oh my god, Wars. so good. Yeah, coming Mandalorian. Back. You know, there's there's so there's so, a lot in the pipe. So much going on. So, mm-hmm. well, awesome. I feel. I feel better about that now that we chatted. Got, more. We got we got that movie off our chest. It's yes. off my boobs. 
and yes. perhaps we'll be less critical as time goes on. I'll be curious mm-hmm. yeah. to see. We'll watch it again like when it comes out on Blu-ray and see how we feel then. I don't know. And report idea. back. I'll report back to you. Yes. All right. Well, thanks for thanks for listening. This is Inside the Tauntaun Star Wars podcast. It's I'm, getting so hot in this Tauntaun. I gotta get so out of here. Hot. Sticky. Oh. Yes, I'm Alyssa. I'm Daniel. I'm Dino. And thanks for listening. May the force be with you. Always. Always.